Thanks for listening to the Last Days Podcast with Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. To stay connected, please check out the River of Tri-Cities Church on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or online at riveroftricities.com. The Last Days Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here's Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you, when God touches you, you're never going to be the same. Hallelujah. Some people just need more of the fire of God in them. You need a touch of the fire of God. Amen. Not just some pixie dust. Amen. You need to set your feet to dancing. Glory to God. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, some people might say, well, you know what, Pastor Todd, I think you just, don't you think you're a little over the top? I want to tell you, when you know who God is, and you know what he's done for you, don't even say, do you think it's a little over the top? Because I would say, I think you're in the grave. I, my, God deserves my very best. And I want to be aware, actually, every day of my life, that I am giving God my best. Got like four people that agreed with that. You're in the wrong church then, okay? No, I mean, it's so important that we are aware of the presence of God. And that His presence is flowing out of us. I don't, I, you know, how many of you ever had a good meal? Can, can people around you tell it when you've had a good meal? Do you, do you, do you have like this, this incredible meal that's, that's set before you and it's like the best thing you've ever tasted and you take a bite and you go, No, you light up. You're like, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Say, hey, you got to taste this. Actually, if it was my boys, no, don't even touch this. This is all mine. (laughs) But the thing is, is that it, it, it radiates. When you've got something that is really great, you have to, you have to radiate that you like it. And I want to tell you, when you've received the touch of God, when God has changed you, when he's transformed you, you can't just, you can't just be like, you know, a cadaver. Hey, man, just motionless and there's no expression. Yes, I'm saved. You don't look saved. You look dead. Hey, man. I believe, I believe in praising God with, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. Amen. And if that, and then when, and worship him in that way. And so if I am worshiping God with all my strength, that involves my physical body. Amen. And so we've got to, we've got to give God everything. Put it all in there. And allow, allow others 
to be able to experience what, what we are experiencing. If you ride a roller coaster with me, you will enjoy the roller coaster just because I am. I'm going to force you to enjoy it with me because you're going to hear me. Amen. The whole ride. The whole ride. I'm commenting. I'm, I'm, I'm shouting. I'm having a wonderful time because I love roller coasters. They'll be like, oh. No, yeah. if you get more involved, it won't make you sick. Hallelujah. Fear is what makes you sick. But you ought, to, you ought to understand that you are like a billboard for God and the move of God. If people saw what God could do just based on your life, would they think God was dead? If people looking at your life only could tell what God could do, would they see it in you? Oh, that's a sobering question. I've never ever asked that question before. But I think it's very important how we live our lives. That people are able to see Jesus in us and experience the power of God through us. Not just in church. Not just in church. You come in here and, you know, anointed you know we've had people come up here on the platform it's like oh my gosh the anointing here is incredible you know as pastor rodney howard brown says you know the aflac duck could get you know could get anointed enough to preach a message if he came into one of these services but that's that's not it's not about here it's about what you have inside of you everywhere you go that's what ought to radiate out of you amen this morning i want to talk to you about the coming of the lord I want to talk to you about the coming of the Lord. And I believe that the coming of the Lord is imminent. I believe it's imminent. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming quick. There is nothing that has to yet happen prophetically before Jesus Christ returns to take his children with him. Now, I'm not talking about the second advent. I'm talking about the rapture. And if you think that the second coming and the rapture are the same, they are not. They are two distinctly separate events that take place. And if you say, oh, I need to know more about that, then I would say you need to come to Smoky Mountain Bible College and you need to sit in my eschatology class. Okay? And we'll go into great detail regarding that so that you're not confused and wondering and everything and then you'll know it so well that you'll be able to teach others also but the world today they don't get why everything is falling apart they don't they don't understand why things are unraveling they don't understand why governments are exerting such force and and taking over even more than ever before in this nation here there's more government control than we've ever had. And it shouldn't be that way. 
That's not, that's not the way this nation was founded. But this isn't a political message or anything like that. And you can say, well, you know, what are your thoughts and everything like that? I believe that government is corrupt. Both sides of the aisle and everything in between. I believe people start off with, with good hearts and they want to help people. But along the line, they get bought. And when I, when I helped start the River School of Government down in Tampa, Florida, and ran that, taught in that for many years, we used to bring people in who had hearts of gold, who were you know, doing you know, great things for communities and starting out and everything, and then you just watch them. The longer they're in government, the more they're corrupted. And then they become just like the establishment. But people wonder why are why are these things why are these things happening? What, what's what's going on? Why are why are all of the terrible events taking place? Why are depraved people doing what they're doing? Why are we experiencing um, such drama and turmoil in society? Why is it collapsing? What's what's going on? And so I want to I want to start there. And I want to say this that God revealed some secrets to Noah that we need to be aware of. And if you open your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, I want to start here. And God began to speak this message to me back some weeks ago. My wife and I were sitting at our dining room table after we'd finished dinner and our boys had gotten up and had gone in different areas of the house and my wife and I sat there for another two hours nearly and and just began to talk about the last days that we're living in and the things that are coming to pass and as stuff began to flow out of me and then as she was responding we we're just kind of like preaching to each other not in a harsh way or anything But I said, I have, to, I have to share this with our people because we're on the brink of something huge. And for, for me, it's on the brink of something glorious. For most of the world, it's on the brink of something absolutely tragic and unfathomable, hard to deal with destructive I, I'm I'm looking forward to everything that's ahead I have no fear of the days ahead but I want to tell you there's something getting ready to break very soon and you need to be aware and you need to understand that Jesus Christ is going to return and you have to be ready and you have to be ready and this message is to get you ready. It's to get you ready. It's not to get you ready for the tribulation. It's to get you ready to not experience that. Hebrews 11, did you find that? Chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Noah. 
being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Now you might think, reading that first several verses of the seventh verse in Hebrews 11, that that would have to just be that God spoke to Noah directly. But I want to tell you that quite possibly happened, but I believe Noah was divinely warned before that even. And I'm going to tell you how that happened through Scripture. I want to bring you up to speed with things. Warned of things not yet seen, he moved with godly fear. Say that with me. Moved with godly fear. He didn't sit down in awe going like, oh, this is terrible. How terrible can it get here on the world? How, how bad could it be? No, it says he moved with godly fear. Prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness which is according to faith. Righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, if you look over in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, I'm going to go up here to my Bible. I'm going up here because I could put things in, I could put things in note form. But I have so much written in my Bible, in the fly leaf of my Bible, and through notes and everything from years of studying. But it says in Genesis chapter 6, and then verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah walked with God. The Amplified Bible reads it. This is the history of the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and a righteous man, blameless in his evil generation. Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God. Now, let me just say this. Noah had a relationship with God. He walked with God when no one else did. So you can't tell me, Pastor Todd, you don't understand how difficult it is to live a Christian life. You don't work with the people I work with. No, listen, Noah lived with no one who was righteous. None that were righteous. There was not a church of believers around him. There was no body of people who shared the common faith with Noah. No one on the face of the earth. Don't tell me it's difficult for you. Just get this. If that's your words, you're a wimp. Spiritually. Oh, it's so hard. No, no, no. Uh, It might be hard, but it's not impossible. Noah had nobody to back him up, nobody to walk with him. He was the only one. The only one. It doesn't even say that his wife 
and his, and his sons or daughter-in-laws were with him on this. I believe over the years that he was building the ark, they were the converts. They're the ones whose, whose minds and hearts were changed. But at first, Noah was it. Noah was the only one. Now, if you look back up in chapter 5 of Genesis, it talks about somebody else who walked with God. In verse 24, it says, And Enoch, verse 22, And Enoch walked with God. Let me just go up to verse 21. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. How many of you ever heard of a Methuselah? What is Methuselah known for? Exactly. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> Methuselah, known as the oldest man that ever lived. I know that's what you said. I just, my, it's my hearing, I'm sure. And so Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after, after he begat Methuselah. 300 years and begat sons and daughters. So Enoch's walk with God didn't begin until he was 65. When he had Methuselah. Something Something happened when he had that boy. So, no, no. He had a revelation. Thank you for singing that song. He had a revelation because God did something, made himself known to Enoch at age 65 when Methuselah was born because Methuselah's name means when he dies, it will come. When he dies, it will come. Now you say, what in the world does that mean? Let's go on down here. And so Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch did not die. I believe he was walking with somebody else when he was taken. You may have heard me talk about this. Because you don't just assume that somebody is, is raptured, then they disappear. No. Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. I believe that there was somebody that witnessed Enoch being taken up to heaven. Otherwise, they would have assumed maybe some wild animal killed him and ate him. Maybe he fell in a pit. Maybe he walked off of a cliff while, you know, on his iPhone. You're not just going to assume God took him. I believe it was witnessed because every other rapture in Scripture was witnessed by people. And there are several. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And Methuselah lived 187 years and then begot Lamech. He was 187 when he had a child. Some of you people need to get with it. <laughs> Give me that excuse, you're too old. 
And Methuselah lived after he begot Lamech 782 years and begat more sons and daughters. That was a busy man right there, people. Wow. I'm not even going to go there. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. And Lamech lived 182 years and begot a son. And his name was Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. And Lamech lived after he begot Noah 595 years, and he begot sons and daughters. All the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. Noah was 500 years, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth, chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the, God, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days will be a hundred and twenty. And there were giants... In the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came into unto came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them the same becoming mighty men which were of old men of renown and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually did you hear that? That last verse, verse 5. The Amplified says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination and intention of, of all human thinking was only evil continually. I would say that kind of rings a bell. With things that we see taking place in the world today, you're thinking, how can people be so depraved in their thinking? so messed up in their head people calling good evil people calling evil good you have to even watch some of the words you say these days things that used to be just fine to say and it was it was something good now you say it and people are like oh, can't believe you would say that and other things you hear people saying that you think oh, that's not good now people are like yeah that's the way they are and you're like why why in the world would that be good Everything has been twisted. Everything has been distorted because of what man has allowed the enemy to do in his mind. It says there in the days of Noah that the thoughts of their mind continually were evil. If you were to subject yourself only, not to the presence of God, not to anything godly, anything righteous, anything holy, but if you only subjected yourself to the things of the world, what would your mind be like? What would your thinking be like? Do you think it'd just be just like it is right now? No, that's why we need the washing of the water by the word of God. We've got to, I mean, sometimes you can come into church on Sunday and just like, oh my God, I feel like I've been drugged through a mud puddle this week or through a, through a, 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 a sewage tank this week. How terrible, how terrible. We need the presence of God. 
And seeing as how close the return of the Lord is, it says, and, 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 and see that you come together all the more so. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that actually has nothing to do with watching it at home. Sorry. Be glad while this can happen this way, but there'll come a day when we won't be able to do this any longer. There'll come a day, and I don't believe it's very far off, that we will no longer be able to do this that we're doing, coming into your homes. You need to be in church. You need to be in the body of believers. It's only a, a temporary convenience that you can watch from your home and you can hear the gospel preached in your home. But that will be shut down. You say, well, Pastor Todd, don't speak those things. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. And I'll tell you this, no amount of praying is going to prevent what's coming because it's the plan that has to happen. There's things that have to happen because that's what the word says is going to happen. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous. That doesn't mean, hey, everything's great always. No. Perilous. That means your life's on the line. Thankfully, the word times is the same word we use as seasons, so it doesn't mean it's just going to constantly be terrible. But there will be times where you're wondering, you know, my gosh, this is looking life-threatening. What's happening right now? Well, we went through for a couple years with all of the COVID scam. You say, oh, you don't believe that that was... No, no, no. There was a realness about it. But the overall was a false narrative. Overall, it was a false narrative. We were taken advantage of. And as every government knows, don't ever waste a good crisis take advantage legislate do everything you can to get more control and that was brought on to exercise control but what's coming is much greater what's coming is much greater and I don't say that to make you fear I just say that to make you aware no more than we feared before if you watched us before, if you were here before, you saw there was no fear here. There was determination. There was boldness in the Holy Ghost. And the joy of the Lord was always with us. Yeah. Amen. You never came to any of these services where we were like, oh, we're so scared. We don't know what's going to happen. No, you came here as a, whoo, praise God. I'm glad I got here. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Because this is where our strength comes from when we came together. And you know what? It'll continue to be that way. It will always be a place of refuge and a place of blessing. Amen. This will always be a place of refuge and a place of blessing. For our, for our, our, our family, our church family, and for others. Amen. The prison, because we, we go there and we evangelize, they, they contacted us a couple weeks ago. And um, right after there was the announcement that on October 4th, there's going to be a test of all the national emergency networks. And so all televisions, all radios, all cell phones will simultaneously be receiving bursts of, of a signal that will be going forth across the United States. 
And the next day, we're contacted by one of the officers there at the jail saying, we would, we'd like to ask you a question. If there was a great emergency, would the River of Tri-Cities be open for us to bring all the prisoners to your church to have them there? Don't worry, we said no. Like, no, no, it's not happening. This is a place for these people. We have, we have ladies, we have children, every day, all around here and everything like that. And so that's not happening. That's not happening. But when we asked, you're talking about, you know, big scale emergency. Everything was backed off then. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because they don't want to talk about it. But there's something, there's something that is taking place. There's something planned, but we just have to be aware. And then a couple weeks ago, as I was prophesying, this happened after I prophesied, because I saw the United States divided. It's not a political thing. It wasn't a political division. So it's not based on laws. It's not based on on a politics and then you know you're you Republican or you Democrat it has nothing to do with that it's an event it was an event and I saw red white and blue on both sides of the divide but it will divide America America will fight against itself but it'll be something brought on but we have to be prepared we have to be prepared and I don't share this for anybody to be afraid the greater one lives inside of you. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Amen. You're the ones that have the answers. You're the ones that people will be coming to. And it's like, whoa, what in the world am I supposed to do? Come in here. Come in here. Sit down. Let me share with you some good news. This is going to be the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God. This is going to be the greatest opportunity to bring a harvest into the kingdom of God that we've ever had. We take advantage of crises also. Amen. To bring people into his kingdom. To allow them to experience the power of his presence. The joy of his presence. I know it. That's why we don't walk in fear. We fear no evil. So, we got to get ready. We got to start doing some things. We got to start, you know, saving up beans. No, we don't need an explosion. We just need... People, people hoard stuff. They think, oh, you know, we're, we're going to get ready. L let me just tell you this. Let me just, I just want to point this out. If you are known as the only person who has goods, you finish the scenario. Because this has happened in nation after nation after nation after nation of the world. Understand this, and I don't have a problem with people doing whatever God puts in their heart. But do nothing out of fear. Don't you do anything out of fear. Because anything that is based in fear is going to lead to destruction. Anything that you do that is based out of fear of what is coming, it will bring destruction to you, to your house, to your business. Do nothing out of fear. Noah, knowing what was coming, moved with godly. He had, an, he had a clue of things that were coming. You say, how did he know? Because 
He had a great, great grandpa named Enoch who walked with God for 300 years. The dude had some time to be in the presence of God. You don't tell me somebody walks with God for 300 years and they don't get some downloads. The man had the downloads from the Holy Ghost and Enoch passed them on to Methuselah. And when Methuselah was born, Enoch already knew what was coming. And so Enoch named Methuselah what he did. Prophetically, when he dies, when my son dies, Methuselah, when he dies, it will come. What will come? Destruction will come. Because if you will trace it back, you will find that the year Methuselah died is the year the flood took place. All you have to do is just some calculations. It's simple. And I didn't come up with this. It's been done however many times. I mean, all kinds of stuff you can find about this. But then Methuselah had Lamech. And the information that Methuselah had gotten from Enoch was passed down to Lamech. And then Lamech had Noah. And the things that Lamech knew. Son, let me tell you some things that are going to be taking place. And so I'm telling Noah. And then God. And, and as he is, he is making himself real to Noah. Noah had an understanding. Things are coming. Things are coming. And I want to tell. I want to tell the church this. I tell the world this, things are coming, you better get ready. And the only ark is Jesus Christ. The only ark of safety is Jesus. He was a type, the ark was a type and a shadow of Christ. You say, I don't understand that. Come to Bible college. Amen. Come take our Old Testament survey class. Learn these things. Even if you don't plan to go into ministry, you need what we teach here. It is so impactful. It is vital for the day and the age in which we live. And so no one knew things that were coming. Matthew 24. Turn there with me. My wife was asking me last night, is this going to be... Just a one Sunday message, or is this two or three? Or I said, I don't know. I do now. I don't think we're going to make it all the way through. But it's not the end. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 24. In fact, I might only get into the real good stuff after you guys are gone. Hallelujah. But you can watch it online. You can watch it online. You're not allowed here next week. These people are banned next week. They're not allowed to come we only had 400 people show up for church, so we just came over here. Okay, Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, how many of you understand that that was destruction? The flood was destruction. Anybody ever heard about the flood? Raise your hand if you've heard about the flood. Oh, okay, my gosh, I was just like, oh my gosh, we have so many people. You knew more when you first got saved than what I thought most of the people here knew. <laughs> For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage 
until the day that Noah entered the ark. It was just life as normal. Party. Let's just, let's just have a good time. You know, when, how, how many of you have ever been to a wedding? You've been to a, like, like you know, not, not just a ceremony, but you, you, you've been afterwards to the, to the party afterwards and everything. The reception. It's a party. Reception is kind of a calm word these days. I said, we're going to the reception. Reception. Okay. But yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're at a, when you're at a, a wedding and a, reception the after glow of the wedding I mean you're not people aren't sitting there worried about what's coming there's it's like this is great what's happening now it's all about the now it's not about actually when people figure out how to live together the next day <laughs> Spencer Alex is that true how long have you guys been married now Three months. Praise the Lord. They're newlyweds. Amen. Probably still need to be blessed. Hallelujah. But, you know, you, you get married. You get married and you're, you know, you know, you're just like, well, let me figure this person out. Even if you've known each other for a while, marriage is a whole different thing. Hey, who said that? Amen. Amen. Somebody run back and get that ball and chain again. That's what I a few weeks ago. We have a winner. No. Um, <clears throat> but, but at the wedding and at the reception, you're not thinking about, I wonder what this is going to be like with you. No. You're thinking, woo, this is awesome. Nobody wants to say amen now. No, there's like... <laughs> They just kind of look out of the side of their eyes of their spouse. Yeah. As was the days of Noah, so it'll be when the return of Christ is. They were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Life was just, hey, this is what we're doing. It's all about the now. It's all about the now. It's all about the now. When you're when you're eating a good meal, yeah, you're just thinking about that food right there. It's like, ooh, this is a great steak. This is an awesome Powell's burger. No. <laughs> we have an ongoing joke with them here about Powell's. But the thing is, is that sudden destruction came. No one was prepared for what was coming because nobody was listening to the preacher of righteousness. I'm not here to preach messages to just make everybody feel good, but I'm a proclaimer of truth, and I'm a warner. I'm a watcher on the wall, and I'm telling you, I see destruction coming, and the church better be ready. You better have your eyes open. So that this does not take you by surprise because it shouldn't. The reason it shouldn't is because I am doing everything I can possibly do to warn. Because I see what's coming. 
And I want to tell you, we don't have a lot of time left. You say, oh, people have been saying that forever. I know, and James talks about that. James nailed it. Because in the last days, people will be saying, oh, Christ is delaying his coming. It won't happen. People have always been saying this. You better wake up. And I'm not talking woke. Amen. Well, all I've got for woke people is a size nine and a half shoe. Not, not for your foot. I'll give you some Vaseline also. Praise the Lord. I do my part to help. So it's a little easier, but you know, it's like, it's not good. All of us, people are like, I can't believe that this preacher would say that. All of us should be walking with God. Every single one of us. To walk with him, because Noah walked with, Enoch walked with God. Isn't that right? Just that. Enoch walked with God. Noah, it says, walk with God. I think we should walk with God. You know, when my wife and I, if we, if, if we go on a walk together, it's because she instigates it. She does. I'm not as into walking as she is. I mean, not like I sit a bunch and everything like that, but just going on. I have other ways I would prefer to exercise. All right. Let's see. We're going to walk. Okay. All right. But when we walk, a lot of times we'll walk and we'll, we'll hold hands as we're walking. Because we're walking together. And we can, and we can talk. Because it's hard, it's hard to walk with somebody and have a conversation with them when, when they're 30 feet in front of you. It's like you guys going on the hike with Yana. And she's videotaping, it's like a mile back. There they are right there. I have my telephoto lens on from space. And, um, I heard her say, I was going for a hike, not a stroll. <laughs> when, you, when you walk with someone, that means you're in step with them. There's, there's unity. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. We're instructed in the word to walk with him. Amen. So that, you know, you're in rhythm with him. And if you're walking with him, as he's talking, you're able to hear him. You don't have to keep saying, well, what'd you say? I can't hear you. You're so far up there. Or sometimes people are just like, they're so far ahead of God. And God's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Come back here. Come back here. You got to stay in tune with me. You got to stay in, in, in step with me. Stay in sync with me. Be on time with God. Be on time with God. When he says... I need you to do this now. Don't say, oh, God, I'll get around. Do it later. No, right now. Now, it's important that we learn to obey immediately. Amen? And the Word talks about even redeeming the time. Why does it say we need to redeem the time? We need to buy the time back. Because the days are glorious? No, it says they're evil. Well, that's in the Bible. Well, that's a bad confession that the days are evil. 
It's a fact, people, and it's the truth, too. The days are evil. The days are evil. And you don't have to, like, be a research scientist to figure that one out. Just take a stroll around downtown Johnson City. You'll see the days are evil, people. It's not even a uh, metropolitan area. But here we are. And you look around and you go like, you know, something's not right. Things are not right. So if things are not right and, and, and God says that there's going to be a shaking up, then you know what? I need to be right. And I need to make sure my heart is right before God. I can't live my life thinking that, oh, it doesn't even matter at all how I live. No, everything matters. Everything matters. My day, every part of my day matters in a huge way. It's, it's very vital. Nice to meet you. God bless you. Great to have you here with us today. You're an author, right? Awesome. God wants to speak to our hearts and for us to hear what he's saying. And for us to then say, all right, God, I will move with you. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. Lord, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for talking to me. You ever been driving along the highway and you have somebody comes up beside you and they're honking their horn. They're looking at their waving and everything like that. And you think, I don't know them. But actually, after they followed you for two miles annoying you, you found out they're trying to tell you, hey, you've got a problem. You're dragging your child behind you. <laughs> thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity. Whatever it might be. Hey, you know, when you pulled out of the gas station back there, you took the hose with you. Um, <clears throat> They're, they're coming alongside of you to warn you. What do you, what do you, after they tell you that, you know, they're giving you a warning. You get out of my face. And you go, thank you very much. I appreciate you giving the, you know, putting forth all the effort to warn me. This message is a warning. This is a warning of what is coming. Hey, this is Dr. Todd Holmes, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, whether it was myself or my amazing wife, Katie, maybe the two of us together. If you want to be more than just an occasional listener and desire to really stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this generation, go to riveroftricities.com. That's riveroftricities.com and click on Donate to be a part of the last day's army of monthly partners that we're taking ground with. If you'd like to do that, I would like to send you a special gift for partnering with us. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. God bless you.